0: How are you doing today? Hey, Robin. I'm doing well. How are you? I am very happy. We're about to enter the Chinese New Year, the Year of the Rabbit. So, yes. you know, new starts, new beginnings, new attacks, new things to learn. So That's I'm very excited. Right. So today, I believe we're going to be doing something slightly different to the other episodes. What do you have in mind? Yes,
1: indeed. Well, Robin, we've spent a lot of time talking about some of the threats that are faced by anybody out there living a digital lifestyle. And we try to talk a little bit about how to defend against those. But there is a mindset that I think is very important to adopt when you're in this business. And that mindset is often referred to as an offensive security approach. In fact, there are organizations named that. So what I thought we might have opportunity to do today, and it may shorten the episode down a little bit, but why don't we talk a little bit about some of the tools that are utilized not only by threat actors but by those who are actually looking to bolster their defenses by getting into the mindset of the threat actor so well, what do you no, think Should we like, you want to try?
0: yeah let's give it a go know thy enemy if you know what somebody Perfect. else is
1: using you can protect against it
0: or learn along the way so that's right there's literally hundreds of thousands of tools oh, out there yes, they're always was. emerging every single day.
1: So which one would you like to start? With? Well, I figured maybe today we could cover four of them and these four are biggies. These are ones that you see utilized frequently again, both by threat actors, as well as will we'll refer to pen testing teams or red teams that they'll often use those to test. So I think the first one I would love to talk about, and it is ubiquitous is Nmap. What do you know about NMAP, Robert?
0: NMAP, I know it's a four-letter word, and there are worse four-letter words out there. <laughs> Honestly, NMAP, I've been using that for years. Um, it's one of sure. the, the very first tools I picked up when I pick up the Kevin Mitnick ethical hacking book way back when. Oh, yeah. So I think that's a tool. But for those who are not aware of NMAP, what is it? What does it do? And why should I care?
1: Sure. So if any of our listeners want to learn more about it, they can simply browse over to nmap.org. That is the repository of not only nmap itself, but the documentation around it, discussion around it, roadmaps and so forth. But this tool, and it doesn't surprise me that you've used it, Robin, it is considered one of the basics. This tool is 25 years old. So this one's been in the development for a long time. We're in major release seven today. This tool has a, it has a really interesting history. It was created by Gordon Lyon. Now, not a lot of people know who Gordon Lyon is, but if you are familiar with the cybersecurity realm or the, I'll air quote it the hackers realm, you might know him as Fyodor Vascovich. That's, that's kind of the pseudonym that Gordon has used through the years. He originally published the source code and the discussion around this tool. As I said, 25 years ago in an E magazine called Frack Magazine, P-H-R-A-C-K, right, We have to spell it that way. Really, really fun, but the tool itself, yes, maybe the simplest way to say it, and then we can dig in a little bit more, is it is a, a packet crafting tool for looking at networks, and the tool itself will actually analyze the responses of those shaped packets, and maybe we can dig in a little more on that, but that is what it is at a high level
0: yeah let's let's dig in a little bit more so when you okay. send crafted packets it is that like a rogue fake actor or is it somebody just writing letters to themselves what type of <laughs> fake packets can you create with emma
1: right so we're we're creating we're, we're we're shaping packets and and they they certainly are real packets but often they you know we manipulate them and it, it could be tcp packets it could be udp packets mm-hmm but what we essentially do is we send these packets against targets now let let's kind of blow that out a little bit because what we're really looking at doing from a from a cyber perspective we are in the kind of the reconnaissance stage and heading towards weaponization in in you know the the, the traditional kill chain so what we are doing first often and and this is really typically what nmap is used for is to do both footprinting and fingerprinting Now let's, let's take a brief time out there and let's explain these two, because a lot of times in our industry, these terms are used interchangeably and they don't really mean the same thing. So what NMAP can do, first of all, is footprinting. Footprinting is the, is trying to get the broad holistic view of whatever system it is that we're looking at or whatever network that we're looking at. It's trying to broadly understand sort of the lay of the land then utilizing the functionality of nmap and robin having used it yourself you know that nmap has a lot of flags right that that we can pass to it to change its functionality and we are talking about a command line tool so for any of our gui lovers i'm going to need you to suspend your disbelief for a moment and and we'll come back to you but after we do that footprinting we can then utilize those flags to do fingerprinting which is a much deeper drilling down into the details of the environment that we're looking at so this is going to determine you know likely what is the operating system of the target or applications it's running or, or even versions that, that we can look at so the the point that we're trying to make here robin is nmap is a ubiquitous tool it is used so frequently it it It's free, right? The source code is available. It's open source. You can simply download it on pretty much any client platform and, and be able to begin to utilize that and to use it on perhaps your, your own network or your own systems to try to see what does your exposure look like to the outside world.
0: Also, so great way of tracking, you know, if you're looking at becoming a penetration tester, if you're looking at becoming an ethical hacker, or maybe not so ethical. It's a great tool to start with because understanding which vulnerabilities can appear and how to enter those vulnerabilities is often the best place to start. So Nmap is free. It's available. Should I be worried if somebody in my household or a competitor is trying to use Nmap against me?
1: Oh, interesting. So that, that certainly is something to take into consideration. Listen. There, there is in in this digital lifestyle, there is going to be an aspect of, of our world, even on the personal side that could be exposed. And so, Nmap can certainly, you may find that being used oftentimes, depending on how sophisticated your, your defenses are, you may not even know that it's happening. We, we can certainly do things like slow scans and so forth, where it, it doesn't tend to alert engines. However, one thing I I do want to mention is that if you do go out and and start using this tool, you go out, you want to try it out and so forth, or, or you see it being used, please keep in mind that that can be interpreted as a negative act. So should you be worried? Well, potentially You, you, you might, you might be worried about that, but if you're using it Should you be worried? And the answer to that is you, you really should be a little bit cautious. I can cite a, a Supreme court case out of Finland that happened not, not terribly long ago of a young, young threat actor who was attempting to access something. He shouldn't, he was in those initial steps with NMAP and the Supreme court in Finland deemed that just the port scanning, he didn't even, he wasn't even able to act on anything that he found. But just the port scanning itself was deemed illegal and the individual was convicted because of that. So please be careful and, and to, to kind of circle back real quick to, to, to button this one up. But we talked a little bit earlier about it being a command line tool and, and sometimes folks that maybe aren't so familiar with command line might hope, hope for a GUI to make their job a, a little easier. And, and certainly NMAP does have a graphical interface called ZenMAP. But again if if you download this and you decide to start using it make sure that your usage is well first of all that it's legal and second of all that it's expected because again you might be able to get yourself in a little bit of hot water if you're not careful how you use these tools
0: i want to make it clear for everybody listening that it's a tool just like a hammer i can use a hammer in many legitimate ways but if i start tapping on people's window with a hammer that's likely going to get me in trouble so even if you don't break the window nobody likes you standing over them while you sleep just tap tap tapping away it kind of freaks people out police will be called and just see that as your digital to physical manifestation
1: okay as always robin you put it in the most creepy way possible so thank you thank you it's a skill It's a skill slash that's right that's right
0: so map. that's the the basic that's how you get in what's tool number two you have in mind
1: Well, tool number two actually progresses us along that cyber kill chain, and this tool is OpenVAS, OpenVAS spelled Open V-A-S, it's the open source vulnerability scanner, it is available again, no charge, it is a open source tool and its job is to scan even more deeply potential vulnerabilities that have been found now. The, the history of OpenVos is is also very nuanced. OpenVos really spun out of the Nessus scanner, N-E-S-S-U-S. Nessus is now a commercial product. So what happened was this was a, one time an open source was an open source to, to do vulnerability scanning when it went commercial, OpenVos basically forked off of that so that there's still a version that is freely available. Now, the way that it works is not only does it do, you know, very similar to NMAP, where we talked about looking for those exposure points, OpenVAS ties into a feed. And this feed will give information about known vulnerabilities It will tie it back to any number of databases that, that give further information about how those vulnerabilities can be exploited. What are some of the ways that we can patch it? The Free community edition uh, for some can be a little bit hard to find because if you just go do a search on OpenVos and, and end up at openvoss.org, you're going to find yourself looking at a now commercial version of, of OpenVos. So there's both a commercial version and a free version of, of Open. It seems like Robin, for some reason, everybody wants to capitalize on these tools.
0: I wonder but, why, uh, I wonder why either ethically or unethically, somebody's trying to make a book somewhere.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, in in this case, Greenbone, who now owns the the commercial versions of OpenVoss and actually maintains the the open source non-commercial version, the, the way that they differentiate it is that the commercial version has an enterprise feed. So a little bit more information, a little bit more detail concerning applications typically used in the enterprise. Eventually that does filter to the community edition as well, which is the free edition. So they're kind of managing both sides of it in order to use that
0: i never knew nessus was originally an open source project before commercialization i've only ever known it to be a moderately expensive fire and forget vulnerability scanner (laughs) hey that's all good so that's right if you if you want to run OpenVAS yourself and you've managed to locate the community edition from the labyrinth in depths of the internet what
1: sort of output could you expect well, first of all, the, the, it's, it's not too tough to find if you know the right place to look. So go to GitHub and that's where you're going to be able to find the, the community edition with the community feed. They even have it in containers. So you can simply pull the container image, spin up Docker and, and now you've got the, you've got the solution. Once you have it, once you deploy it and there are ways to do it both in an automated way or in an ad hoc way, it, it is a graphical interface. And you, you simply feed it parameters concerning the targets, which can be individual targets, or it can be, for example, a subnet that you're trying to look at and utilizing the feed that it has on the back end, It will begin to go through based upon things like open ports or identifying the applications that are running. It will create a report for you. And that report will give you a listing of very high risk vulnerabilities that have been found and how they're typically exploited. As well as links on where you can go to mitigate then of course the medium and then the low the nice thing about it is you do have the ability to save those reports and begin to map out your trend so how are you doing in terms of your vulnerability management mitigation and that's very important to know right whereas nmap is kind of a it definitely is a fire and forget scenario in this case, OpenVoz can can fire and remember, so to speak, and and kind of tell you where you're heading in terms of of managing and mitigating those open spots that it sees where threat actors may be able to to inject themselves into your environment.
0: Okay, so we've got a tool of Emma, we have a package of Openvos. What's your third tool to mind? What's your third piece of kit?
1: So the 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 third tool, and some may actually argue that this isn't so much a tool for Good guys as it is for the bad guys. But again, we have to remember the mindset that we're trying to take here. Mm-hmm. Let's understand how adversaries work. And, and one of the ways that you can do that is to use tools to actually prove the concept out of how those vulnerabilities can be exploited. Now, this one, this this is a fun one to talk about because Robin, I think a lot of people don't know how to say it, how to actually pronounce the tool. But the the, pr- the proper pronunciation is meterpreter. Now we'll hear people say meterpreter, meterpreter, it's meterpreter. The the reason we know it's meterpreter is because it is a combination of Metasploit and interpreter. It is the Metasploit interpreter. So meterpreter, M-E-T-E-R-P-R-E-T-E-R. So this, this tool is part of the Metasploit framework. So let's take a little step back there. What is Metasploit? yeah, you know, you know, I think everybody's heard of Metasploit, right? That's a big one. So uh, the, the Metasploit framework, for those who aren't aware, is it's basically a collection of tools that can be used for pen testing, red teaming. Often it's also used by threat actors. It's it's more than 600 tools that are, that are a part of Metasploit. Meterpreter is a part of that. And, and for those who aren't aware, actually, th- this is just, a, again, a little bit of esoteric knowledge about the Metasploit framework. Metasploit is actually owned by cybersecurity firm Rapid7, but it is made available freely that folks can download it and they can begin to use it. Interpreter itself is a, a nice little package. It's written in the C programming language, so you know, big throwback in time there. That 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 you know, we're still writing things in C, which which I think is great. I've I've been loving C since very very early days. And often the the client portion of it is, is written in Ruby, but let's, let's kind of get down to the basics of what this thing does, Robin. What, what Meterpreter attempts to do is to establish a working shell from a remote system to the, we'll just call it the worker's system. So if there is a system out there and I'm trying to gain access to it, I'm getting further down the, the, the kill chain here. Where I'm trying to begin to exploit, I may be trying to pivot to other systems. I'm going to need an interactive shell and Meterpreter is what gives me that capability. Now it's kind of neat, Robin, the way that this works, because Meterpreter does not leave a footprint on the target system. It it actually works purely in memory. So it, it it basically uses what, what we refer to as DLL injection stagers. Those stagers are the pieces that establish those network connections back to the, the worker system. It, it's a little bit eerie, Robin, when you use it for the first time, because once it establishes, it doesn't even tell you that it's established. You don't get something fancy like a command prompt or anything like that. You just begin typing and magically things start happening. So you need need to trust
0: in the process, you know, feel the force and link yourself into the computer.
1: Who needs needs a
0: terminal? They're overrated, but they're overrated. That why, why do we need to be prompted? We know what we're doing. Yeah. if Elon Musk's Neuralink gets to
1: where it needs to be, we don't even need screens. Okay. We can just sit
0: there and think about what we need to do.
1: Let's just go ahead and automate everything. Right. So, and, and really that's what's so powerful about this because it's not just doing things like reverse and and giving you the ability to, to pivot, but it it will actually allow you to push and pull data. So using the interpreter, I can actually exfiltrate data out of an organization. Now, of course, when I start doing that, if I'm doing that over a network connection, there is always the potential that, uh, you know, for example, a SASE or an SSE solution is going to notice data exfiltration taking place an intrusion prevention system might notice that something's funny here, but this is a very, very commonly utilized tool. And it's so effective because it is purely memory resident. And that makes it very hard for forensics investigators too, right? When when things are located exclusively in memory, they're not leaving footprint on persistent storage. It can be very hard after the fact for cyber forensics experts to, to find that unless we have done some due, uh, due diligence and due care. And remember, those are two different things, right? Due diligence is discovering the possibility, due care is putting something in place. We need to make sure that we have tools that are also monitoring memory of those critical systems so that if somebody comes along and tries to use Meterpreter, we're, we're going to be able to see that that was indeed the case. But Great, great tool, very, very frequently used, kind of fun to play with, Robin. As These, I, as are the all fun. These are all fun to play with. The they best
0: are. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you have bad intentions, anything can be used in a bad way, but right. just being sat in a room on your own for a few hours, maybe the children in bed, are in bed, your partners gone somewhere else, and you're just staring at a new open source tool. And you think, Ooh, let's see what I can find. Personally, that's why I got into security. That's what I found exciting, that you've got sure. all of these building blocks and all of these toys to play. And yeah, things like Materpreter is very exciting once you get up and running, once you're aware yeah. of what to do with it. And if you have your yeah. own lab setup, which I, I recommend to everybody, set up your own lab, try and yes. make as many vulnerabilities in your own lab as possible, and then try to fix them, then yeah, Materpreter is a very powerful tool. No doubt. So I've done some network scanning with Nmap. I've used OpenVAS to generate a vulnerability report. I've used Meterpreter to try and steal some data. Hmm. What's tool number 4?
1: Well, we're we're deep into the kill chain at this point, right? We're 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 getting to the acting on objectives portion. And we've talked about these these three tools and and trying to coordinate all those efforts, but as you mentioned at the outset, Robin, there are just thousands of tools. And, and how do we, how do we actually access all of these? Well, how do we see all the options? Well, there is, there's the group called offensive security, great organization. They do cybersecurity certifications. They do training, just some fantastic stuff. And they really are focused on taking that attacker's mindset in order to better inform the defenders. And they have released and continue to maintain something that I think probably all of our folks that are watching know about, and that is Kali Linux, Kali Linux. It's a big one. Look, if, if you've ever watched Mr. Robot on, you know, on the streaming platforms, you've seen Kali over and over and over again, it, it it tends to be showing up. So there's a lot of popularity. There's a lot of buzz around it right now. Kali is a Linux distribution. So all these tools that we're talking about, we, and, and we've we've talked about hundreds and hundreds that are available in things like Metasploit Kali Linux is a Linux distribution that is specifically designed for digital forensics and for penetration testing. So all of these tools, all of these penetration testing tools, these open source tools that we're referring to are all part and parcel of this distribution. You don't have to go collect them. They're there. So it, it, the, the, the history of it is really interesting. So way, way back in the day, Robin, this, this might even be before your time. Kali Linux started out as a, uh, an operating system called Backtrack, which was based on the old Nopix Linux, nice real-time Linux system. And it, it was, it was rewritten with the intent of creating something that would be very useful uh, to red teams, to those teams that are attempting to demonstrate where the holes may be in an organization's a footprint, and uh, again, it just continues to be developed. It is free of charge to to download and to install. It works not only on the x86 platform, but they're they're really doing some great work on the ARM platform, and uh, and so we're we're really seeing a lot of usage to that. As I mentioned to you, offensive security maintains this. They even have a an instructional book. I mean it's it's a big one that is able to be downloaded free of charge for you to really learn how to make this guy hum. So this is a doozy. This is a fun one. Everybody knows about it because of its boom in, in popularity in, in media. Really, really good one to to start to get your feet wet in penetration testing. Yeah
0: generally if you come across script kiddies online, people who don't do any development themselves, they just take prepackaged Kali Linux is a, a gift descended from on high where there's a whole bunch of tools that they can open, they can click some buttons and see how things work. And it's very lightweight as well. I remember buying a Nexus 7 tablet off eBay for around $20 and quite easily had Kali Linux running on it. And if you pair that with a yeah, USB Wi-Fi interface, you then have a mobile device you can set up in a Starbucks, to authenticate people from their Wi-Fi, you know, send kill beacons, do SSL stripping and steal it all, all through one very in, well, hidden device. This is the, yeah, I, I love that Robin. I, and, I wouldn't and do this they're... for legal reasons, but
1: no, no under... you could. <laughs> Again, you were just learning the tool. No, then I look, this is a, this is just a Debian based Linux image with all the tools on top and there is a tremendous amount of development going into Android versions of this. So yes. You can, you know, take a, a, a smartphone, an Android smartphone, and they've got a list of supported platforms on the site and literally install this on a smartphone and, and have this ready to go so that, that you're able to do this on a mobile basis. Now, again, I'm, I'm not suggesting that you should do this and just freely go out there and start, uh, you know, disrupting Wi-Fi signals so that everybody has to reauthenticate. Look, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Mm-hmm. Be careful with this hammer. Don't swing it around glass, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, just... A wonderful set of tools. It, it, it of course can be abused. You know, a lot of times folks will accuse people of being script kiddies just because they download Kali and, and they, they start clicking buttons and, and trying to do the things that, you know, people that have been in this industry for, for, you know, decades, they're the ones that have developed those tools, you know, we get that, we understand that. But, but as you said, again, it's a tool, it can be used for good or bad. It can be used, you know, with good intentions and end up being very bad. So use with caution, but certainly it's, it's a, it's a wonderful collection and a great way to get started in, again, either pen testing or in, in cyber forensics. So four
0: tools, four things to go out and try if you've never tried before. But as we have mentioned multiple times. Try with caution, only do this on systems that you own and have full control of. If possible, do not have an active connection to the internet when trying this, just in case things go wrong, because everything will go wrong. The realm of cybersecurity is always protecting against the worst case. And if you have your hand on a very powerful tool, it's quite easy to accidentally point to a subnet or a range outside your control. And before you know it, you have people knocking on your door. So, especially if you work in an office building with shared Wi-Fi networks everywhere, it's very easy to break. That's right. Excellent
1: disclaimer, Robin. So
0: big, big disclaimer, not just to cover ourselves, but to cover you as well. I remember being a lot younger, coming across a tool called Low Orbit Ion Cannon or LOIC, which you enter an IP address, click go, and it just tries to hammer as many connections as possible. And uh, then getting a nice call from the university IT team asking, what am I doing? So curiosity is good, but be careful how you apply your curiosity.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Okay, Bill. Well, thank you for your time today. And until next time, stay safe out there. Take care, brother.